Tonight, we celebrate the value of sport as a means of bringing together people from 71 nations and territories. Taken over at halfway, Green stretching it, Frederick's coming through, but the world champ doesn't. Lincoln in 9.91 takes the Commonwealth game. Thompson comes in with Frederick, then Shervington, but it's Eddo. Eddo Bolden first, and he's run 988. Excuse me. Goodbye, Linford Christie. Hello, Atto. We're back on Off the Podium, so soon after the Pyeongchang Olympics, uh, and so soon after our preview episode for the Commonwealth Games, where we promised everybody that we may or may not be back during the Commonwealth Games. So we have lived up to our promise of may or may not be back, and we've decided to lean on the (laughs) be back side. Uh, We're now, what, four days in? Three, four days in? to the Commonwealth Games, and uh, we're minus one person here today because uh, I'm sure he's competing or something uh, in the netball <laughs> now that it's uh, e- equality in the Commonwealth Games. Uh, my name is Colin, and I'm joined by... Uh, what, do you, what is your official title? Are you allowed to say on air? Can I first of all say, Jingery, everybody. Um, that is the... Official welcome that everybody who's working here is getting sick of saying, but we love saying it at the same time. Uh, yes, I am the um, mixed zone manager for boxing, um, so otherwise just easily referred to as press operations. So uh, yes, I'm allowed to say my title. I'm, I'm not, I don't know, some secret job. What job can't you say your title? Like secret agent? CIA. For Russia poisoning people in Britain or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, CIA. I'm not a CIA agent. I'm a, a barista. <laughs> but when you said mixed zone manager or whatever, I, mean, I was picturing like Mickey from the Rocky movies, like in the corner, you know, stay down, Rock, stay down. But like you don't, you don't get that close to the boxers, do you? No, well, actually, I mean, I get extremely close to the boxes, as I can explain. I'm just looking at my accreditation. Sorry, I'll, re- I'll re- rephrase that. Mixed Zone Group Leader Press Ooh. Operations. That's what it says on my uh, accreditation. But I, I'm blue on my accreditation, which means I get field of play access, so I could go in the ring if I wanted to. <laughs> which I don't want to. I've seen these guys up close. I don't want to. <laughs> Um, I mean, we, we did kind of mention on the preview episode, you're going to be working the games, so there is a reason. It's not like, um, you know, we just pulled some guy off the street. This is the same guy who's been hosting with us for the last couple of Olympics, uh, and now he's moving up in the world, and pretty soon he's going to be swimming in the pool next to Ryan Lochte, uh, <laughs> bleach blonde hair. And winning, too. Winning, of yes. Winning, I reckon, yeah. But, uh, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about the opening ceremonies and the first few days of the games and how things are going for Australia and Canada and everything else. But 
you want to just start out by talking a little bit about the the experience leading up to this, like because you were there, uh, I guess you know a couple of weeks already. Uh, um, have you seen everything kind of come together? Like, what were you actually do? What were you being paid for the last couple of weeks? Uh, training basically um it's yeah i mean i've been in the area for gosh what are we april yeah i got here at the end of february so um you know i was about here sort of a month sort of before i started um and then you know a couple of weeks before the games i uh got to go to the headquarters of goldock um and kind of do some training there then i've been on site um so the boxing's at a place called oxenford studios it's generally known as village roadshow studios uh because it's smack bang right next to a big theme park called movie world um and then on the other side there's another theme park called wet and wild um which is a water park uh, it's not like some big you know <laughs> adult experience or something like that um but yeah so the oxenford has squash uh table tennis and boxing and it's Generally, where movies are filmed in <laughs> in Queensland and the Gold Coast, so uh, Thor Ragnarok was filmed there. Aquaman is uh, that's coming out this year was filmed there. Uh, the latest part of the Caribbean, um, fascinating place. But uh, you know, on site, kind of you know, get to see the the venues and everything, and and really kind of seeing it all come together. I mean, everywhere you go around here. Uh, you know, sort of, I'm um, in between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. The places are kind of gelled into one for me. But, you know, there's just everywhere. It's just advertising signs. Um, you, you know, everyone's like being warned not to go on the highways, you know, catch public transport, all this sort of stuff. Um, which apparently has led to empty highways. Now no one is using the highways. Someone who was talking about this yesterday that they've never driven so quickly on the M1 to, uh, Brisbane to the Gold Coast before. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing to see everything come together. Every day I'd walk into the boxing arena before competition, things would be, you know, even more complete. Like it just, you know, gradually got up there. The squash venue was looking great, table tennis. Um, and just, just the atmosphere is one thing too. So many people walking around in sort of the, the uniforms, like this, the volunteer uniforms, which is kind of also what the employers wear as well. Um, and it's just, everyone's talking about it. Everything's just so efficient. And since the games have started, just, just how amazingly well organized everything is. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like you want to get to a venue, you just get on a train and all the sort of announcements over the PA system is basically, you know, this is your stop if you're wanting to go to the gymnastics or the, you know, the triathlon or the, the, the swimming and like just the signage and just, it's just been so easily accessible and so well organized. So yeah, everything's come together well. Um, I think everyone, you know, you get on the train and you've got someone sitting next to you who realizes you work for the Commonwealth Games, so they just start this conversation with you. Oh, what are you doing at the Games? How are you enjoying it? Or you've been busy. And yeah, and just the, also, um, sort of, you know, in the lead up going into some of the main hubs and, and seeing a bunch of the athletes kind of just walking around in all the team uniforms. Um, you know, I got to meet the Fijian netball team. I got my photo taken with them. Um, I was lucky enough to get a brief tour of the Athletes Village a couple of nights ago as well, and just seeing everybody walk around there. So yeah, it's it's just been it's been an amazing experience so far. Your stories are giving me flashbacks to well, both the Canada Games that were here in Winnipeg back in the summer, but then the Pan Am Games mm-hmm. back in '99. Uh, I, I mean, this isn't your hometown or anything, but I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've been there before, like in years prior to this. Mm-hmm. Like, have you noticed yeah. this is my experience with the Pan Am Games? I mean, Winnipeg was many multiple times voted the most beautiful city in Canada, uh, even leading into when the Pan Am Games were here. But I have to tell you, like, I remember going downtown in Winnipeg, you know, in 1998, 
and then going downtown in Winnipeg in 1999, it was like, like obviously it was like, let's put our best foot forward here. I'm like, this city was a dump before the Pan Am Games came. <laughs> they fixed so many <laughs> things up, you know, just just because they knew people would be coming from all these different countries. I, I mean, does does it seem like you know the city itself is uh, maybe a little bit extra clean or more uh, well maintained? Well, there's a fascinating thing about the Gold Coast is, like, when you think of a city, you kind of think of, you know, tall buildings, skyscrapers, and kind of, like, one main sort of downtown district filled with, like, you know, suburbs or boroughs or regions. Gold Coast is kind of a weird place where it's really just a, a big collection of suburbs. People sort of see the picture of, um, you know, the tall buildings across the beach. That's called Surface Paradise. But that's not really, like, a downtown city district because it's so many hotels. All those tall buildings are just hotels, resorts, um, you know, apartment blocks. And for, for such a long period of time, the Gold Coast kind of has this, you know, image in Australia of kind of being the trashy point of Australia because it's so very um, over the top. They call it the glitter strip, you know, like it's it's very much associated with, you know, your bleach blonde women and your big buff men, you know, with not many brain cells between their heads. <laughs> and, like, you know, you also, you have sort of, this is the point where, like, I guess our version of spring break called schoolies happens every year. Um, you know, we used to have an indie car race around the streets around Service Paradise, which is just, you know, associated with women showing their boobs and men just getting drunk. So it's interesting to kind of see that sort of image really kind of go away because you go into that area, Service Paradise, it's, it doesn't feel that trashy. Not that I ever think it's that trashy, but, you know, maybe that was like a long time ago. But yeah, it's, it's, it's cleaner. Um, to me, just, you know, the amount of work that's being done to kind of make the place look, you know, extremely presentable, which it's just crazy. And, like, you've got all these live sites popping up at all different parts around the Gold Coast. Um, you know, I was on my opening ceremony night. I nearly was going to go to Service Paradise, had a big stage set up on the beach where, you know, they were having artists perform and you could watch the opening ceremony. And um, in the opening ceremony, of course, you had the part with the baton stood underneath a sign that said Service Paradise. They put the fireworks off it and got into the combi van and drove off to the stadium. Um, I knew that was going to happen because I was at the rehearsal. So I was like, hey, I should go there, and that would be a great, like, photo to kind of see that happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's pretty good. And it's not just Gold Coast, because, you know, Brisbane obviously is an hour and a bit up the road. Um, and I'm technically living in Brisbane, even though I'm sort of halfway between the two. But because Brisbane has um, two different uh, venues, they've got the cycling and the shooting being held in Brisbane. And even in Brisbane, too, you feel it. Like, it's it's interesting because Brisbane hosted the 1982 Commonwealth Games, so it's not like they're not used to it. So it's just kind of this whole southeast Queensland region really just has, yeah, transformed since the last time I was, uh, last time I was here. Now you mentioned there was the one set of athletes you've met, but, like, are there a lot of ones? Is that something where you're – because I remember when the Canada Games were here back in the summer – we kind of made it our mission, you know, every single night they had like a, a festival here at the Forks and uh, they uh, would have athletes, you could see athletes every single night. And we're like, well, let's get a picture with athletes from every single province, which I think we came up for short. But, you know, that was something like, I guess, some of these athletes, I noticed here at the Canada Games, the track stars, they were just used to it. Maybe because there was like an older age limit on track stars and a lot of these had already been like in uh, universities and everything and slightly bigger stars. But then we come across some people where they were just like, I, I remember when we uh, finally found Manitoba athletes wearing Manitoba jackets and we asked, Oh, can we get your picture? They're like, why? And we're like, uh, we're trying to get pictures with athletes from all provinces. I'm like, Oh, okay, sure. I mean, are there lots that you're running into or w- what are you finding? Like uh, the athletes, you know, I guess, is there, like, fame that's surrounding them, or is it, you know, more relaxed? 
it, I mean, it's very interesting with that because, like, the one thing I'll say, given the hours that I'm working and everything, I, I'm really not getting an opportunity to go out to any other venues. I'm just at Oxenford basically all the days. Um, but in the lead-up kind of seeing the athletes, you know, I, I'd constantly say to Mallory, like, oh, I see athletes, I want to get a photo, I want to get a photo. Um, and you, you kind of saw them, but at the same time, a lot of the sort of the officials sort of wear the same uniforms and that, of course, too. So and like, I wasn't trying to be rude to that. There was like, I, I can't remember what country they're from. Sort of these people, and I'm like, they're definitely not athletes. I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. They could be like shooters or lawn bowlers. I'm like, they're definitely not gymnasts. Um, you know, they're like in their 50s and, you know, slightly, you know, built a bit overweight, you know. <laughs> like, okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's... There are a few real big names here. Um, I think when I was in the Athletes Village, um, Tom Daly walked past us. I don't wow. know if you know who diver. Tom Daly is. The yeah, yeah, the the English diver. And because um, two of my bosses are English, and they were kind of with me, and they were the ones who kind of spotted it. It's like, oh my god, it's Tom Daly, and like he just kind of like sort of just walked past us. Uh, and you know, when you know we talk about the boxing, just you know. I'm meeting these guys every day. Like they're just, they're right next to me when they're training, getting out in the ring. You know, they're, they're fist bumping me. They're shaking my hands. Like, you know, I'm getting very much up close and personal with the boxers. And like also to kind of walking between, say, like the media center and, uh, my venue, um, at Oxenford, you know, I've got to walk past the actual athlete drop off where every, you know, all three sports, the athletes have to meet at this point to get taken back to the village. And, you know, you're constantly walking past there and there's just a flourish of, you know, team uniforms, colors and everything along those lines. Um, and, you know, we're meant to be professional, you know, you're not meant to go up and get photos with them. Um, so when I'm working, I'm not necessarily going out there. Although I did kind of get a photo last night after we had finished, uh, with a BBC presenter who apparently is a pretty big deal back in the UK. Uh, very attractive, very nice. Um, I posted that selfie last night. Uh, her name is Jessica Crichton. Um, so, yeah, she was super nice. Lady. And I, I, when you said that about the selfie with the Manitoba athletes, I said, oh, you know, excuse me, can I get a picture? And she's like, I think you've mistaken me with someone else. And I'm like, no, I'm mistaken you with someone awesome. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's been fun. I'd love to get more pictures with these people, but... Um, you know, I'm kind of doing a job, and I I would like to keep doing this for other games in the future. I don't want to get blacklisted. Yeah. Uh, you also were able... Well, we'll talk about the opening ceremonies now, too, but you can bring another perspective because you were able to see, I guess, the dress rehearsals live. Uh, and I don't know if much mm-hmm. changed from then to uh, you know what we saw on TV, but uh, obviously you and Jared were probably watching this thing live as it was going on, and uh, I actually have been technically on vacation, or I guess you call it a staycation this week, just staying at home. But uh, for whatever reason, on my vacation, I was waking up earlier than I was normally was. So 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, oh, I've missed the first hour of the opening ceremonies. So I started playing <laughs> it on my DAZN app, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And I eventually was able to catch up just by skipping some of the very long musical performances. But I, you, you got to tell me this. <laughs> Can you explain from either the rehearsals or maybe just being Australian, what was with the 20-minute long opening about summoning aliens from the, the outer reaches of the universe. Like, that made no sense to me whatsoever. When you said you missed about the first hour, I'm like, oh, you were only up to, like, Saturn at that point, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you didn't really miss much. Um, yeah, I, look, I don't... That's not an Australian thing. That was just the way they wanted to do it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, it was unique. I think watching it on TV, it felt longer than it did when you're at the stadium. <laughs> um, so I didn't really notice it too much when I was there. But yeah, watching it on TV, I'm like, holy crap, how long does this thing go for? Um, but I mean, it really didn't change. The only thing that was any different 
um, from the dress rehearsal to the final thing was the fact that obviously the dignitaries were there, Charles was there, Camilla was bored, um, you know, like it was there. And, uh, yeah, we didn't know who the baton bearers were. So, like, when they kind of did the rehearsal, you know, the car pulls up in the stadium, they're like, presenting baton bearer number one. And then they're like, pass it off to the little girl. And they did all, like, that cool, like, the video screen thing with, like, the roller coaster and all that sort of stuff. And then afterwards they got out and, like, here's baton bearer number two. And finally, baton bearer number four. Are you, are you like, like, politely you know, applauding at that point? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm turning to Mallory going, thoroughly deserved. I definitely <laughs> picked it was them. Like, they are outstanding athletes. Um, other, you know, like, subtle little things. I don't think there was many fireworks during um, the rehearsal um, obviously, like, they did, like, a mock athletes parade, which, you know, the thing was really disappointing is I found out some volunteers and work people got emails uh, asking to volunteer for the dress rehearsals to pretend to be athletes and flag bearers, uh, and I would have done that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was just it was just hilarious when they would come out into the stadium. So, like, particularly, like, the Jamaican, you know, the fake Jamaicans come out, and everyone's just, like, cheering, like, all the crowd are cheering like they're, you know, really the athletes. It's like Australia come out, and everyone's up on their feet, they're cheering, you know, like, woo! And, like, when Canada comes out with Mallory, we're, like, you know, absolutely um, cheering. And I was trying to do it for, like, every single um, country because my new favourite country is, and I'm, I can't say it properly, it's like Niue. It's, like, this tiny little Pacific Island nation, which um, I liked them because they had one boxer, um, you know, one category. This guy seemed super awesome. And, of course, the other night there was one bout which didn't happen because the boxer missed the weigh-in and was disqualified. And who do you think that was? My favourite athlete from Niue. So I didn't even get to see him box. Um, but, I mean, it was just it was an incredible experience. I've never been to anything like that before. I mean, we were lucky because there was two dress rehearsals. We were, I went to the one on Monday night. Mallory's working at Carrara Stadium, so she went to both. Well, one she was working, one she sat with me, and she actually got to work the opening ceremony. So she got to, um, she was allowed to sort of sneak out of a little hut and go down to the area and film Canada walk past her. So she's like Snapchatting that with me. And she actually bumped into a few sort of athletes going to the bathroom. So she got a couple of photos with just random people. I think like some Malaysians, a uh, Guyanan, and Tom um, Daly. I can't remember where else. Tom Daly. Um, Stand next to him at the urinal. But, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, why is she in the urinal? Uh, <laughs> to get a picture with but, Tom uh, Daly? <laughs> yeah. Tom, I'll hold it for you. Can you take a selfie with me? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, so the Saturday night, apparently, like, with the performers, they just had, like, people lip-syncing to, like, the songs. But on Monday night, we actually had the real performers. So, I mean, you wouldn't have known who pretty much any of them were. But, um, I mean, I don't know if you know who Jack Thompson is. He actually was... Um, Owen uh, Lars's dad in Star Wars oh, Episode yeah. 2, the yeah. wheelchair. Um, so when that narration, like, at the beginning was happening on the dress rehearsal, he wasn't out in the middle, but I hear the voice. I'm like, that's totally Jack Thompson. Australia's Morgan Freeman, as people have been referring to this week. Um, but then he was obviously actually out in the middle of the, the stadium. But, um, yeah, like, uh, Christine Arnoux, uh, when we had the Aboriginal rap to My Island Home, which was pretty cool. Uh, Delta Goodrum right at the end. She was there on Monday night. Amazing. Ricky Lee, we didn't have the bum flash of the um <laughs> the surfer people. I don't know if you that made the news over there. No, um, one of the, the beach. <laughs> in, in, well, in the <laughs> true, true, in the beach section when they're all sort of like dancing and Ricky Lee's on this surfboard thing. One of the female performers like bent over and her things fell down, so you could see a bum like like clear as day in the middle of the screen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible. It really was. I mean. 
you know, it would have been great to be at the actual opening ceremony, but I mean, 98% of what happened at the opening ceremony was there when I was there. And I, I'm going to say it, I liked it better than the last two Olympic opening ceremonies. I thought it was better than both Pyeongchang and Rio's opening ceremonies, to be honest. You'd message that to me and Jared, I guess, well, before the opening ceremonies took place, after you'd seen the dress rehearsal. And, I mean, the bar's pretty low there when you're saying it's better than the last two yeah. opening ceremonies. <laughs> but, I mean, I will agree. I think that, you know, outside of just the confusion of that 20-minute-long opening of exploring the solar system, <laughs> and then the weird uh, hippie guys, the hippie surfers, which... Uh, oh, the, the the director people, like the the yellow and red guys dancing when the athletes came out? or No, the the, the video clip that they showed, that which set up the whole... Oh, long time ago. Right. And a trippy, right. like, we aliens. Yeah, they were. Can you, they were very Gold Coasty guys. But going back to my point about people with not many brain cells between their head, like <laughs> that's what people think when they think of people from the Gold. Coast. No offense to the people living where I am right now, but yeah. Well, I, I fully expected that this uh, whole closing ceremonies would have ended, and it just would have ended up. You know, the twist would have been revealed. This was just a really trippy dream of some stone surfers. It's <laughs> kind of the way well, it was set up. The thing, the thing that fascinated me was they, they. They fall from the root of, let's watch a little kid go through, um, you know, all these uh, sequences of everything. And, like, I was totally disappointed they didn't get Nikki Webster, you know, 18 years after uh, Sydney 2000. But um, the thing, I don't know if it sort of you could see there on the screen, but it, it absolutely pissed down with rain in, like, the opening 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, absolutely bucketed down with rain. And that's what they were worried about all day, because Wednesday it was rainy, it wasn't good, and they're like, oh, it's going to hold off, it's going to hold off. And, nope, it just absolutely pissed down. But, um, yeah, I mean... It's, I think, to me, definitely better than the last two Olympics. I, If I had to say, in terms of Commonwealth Games 1, I can't remember a lot of Glasgow. I know Susan Boyle was there, Rod Stewart was there, Scottish people were there, um, Delhi, can't remember too much of that one. I, I, I like Melbourne 2006 better, to be honest, if uh, you know I go that far back, and you probably wouldn't remember that opening ceremony. But um, interesting fact is that Delta Goodrum, who sang the song at the end, she also sang the big main song at the MCG back in 2006 too. So uh, pretty much we like Delta Goodrum here. So there you go. Uh, there are a couple other moments that I did like in here. I mean, the, the inflatable whale at the end, I, I don't understand the significance ah, of it, but that was brilliant. pretty cool. <laughs> um, the the, uh, the parade of athletes, or I don't know if there's something specific that they would call that, if it's any different, uh, that... I don't know. I found myself more interested in it than I do with the Olympics, maybe because you don't have as long to take. Like for some of the bigger countries of the Olympics, you're like, okay, we're on four minutes now of the United States entering <laughs> and you kind of just zone out. But also, I mean, it seems like we're getting a, a more prominent role for countries like Malawi, you know, <laughs> it's not often. Mm -hmm. So maybe a little bit more representation there. Um, the, the weird thing, this is a commentating thing because the, um, the, I guess, coverage we have, which, by the way, a little bit more impressed than I thought I would be with DAZN, which I found out as they call it on air, it's not DAZN, they call it DAZN, which is DAZN, DAZN uh, which for the DAZN. most part, they're, the they're picking up coverage <laughs> of like European hockey leagues, European rugby leagues, uh, you know, all these different sports around the world. They also have the coverage of like NFL in Canada, like the streaming coverage of NFL and Major League Baseball here in Canada. But I guess this is the first thing where they're producing the video content as well. Uh, and talking about like some of the different sports, they will, I guess, just pick up the Australian coverage. So when I'm watching swimming, sometimes the Australian coverage. But then 
I don't know, like after... Are you getting Basil? Are you hearing Basil Thorpe and uh, Gian Rooney? They're the ones who would do the, the swimming one? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Occasionally, but here's the thing. The DAZN coverage, uh, which they have some pretty esteemed commentators they picked up just for this, the, the one main one, Mark Lee, who just seems to be there for everything. Like, they just have him on standby 24-7. We'll watch, like, two heats, and then all of a sudden a Canadian will come in a heat for swimming, and it, all of a sudden it'll just cut out of the Australian cut. The, the video has not cut. They'll just all of a sudden cut to Mark <laughs> Lee commentating. And then they'll cut away from him. Like he's, okay, I'm going on break now, guys. But he was, he was doing the full opening ceremonies, which I thought was cool. Cause you know, he's this pretty famous commentator here. Um, but he mentioned this thing I have to ask you about. They were talking about cricket. What is this cricket cheating scandal? Like they, they mentioned specifically uh, something to do with Australia about this cheating scandal. Yes. Was somebody deflating bats or something? Like what is this? No, so in cricket, um, this sounds a bit dodgy the way you describe it, but just bear with me. There's a thing called ball tampering, um, where basically if you alter a cricket ball in any form to, you know, make it spin a certain way or get an advantage, that's like a big no-no. That's cheating. And we had a test series of Australia playing South Africa, and about two weeks ago, one of our players got caught pulling a bit of sandpaper out from his pants to alter the ball, like clear as day. And then basically it was brought up in the press conference after that day's play and our captain admitted to it and was like, yep, you know, I told him, to, well, no, he didn't tell him to do. Basically, long story short, there were three of our players involved in ball tampering and it was just, we just got caught out completely. These three players have been banned for like long periods of time and just shame on it because Australia's kind of always been, you know, this nation in cricket where, you know, we're always like telling everybody else off, like, this country's cheating, this country's cheating, we're Australia, we're perfect, we will never do anything wrong. And now, like, this is just completely embarrassing for us because we just, we're cheaters now. So, uh, England loved it, all their presses, like, big front pages, picture of our cricket team, cheats! Um, and you know, so it's, it's been a bit of a shameful few weeks, I think, for Australia and sport. Uh, so a lot of people in the lead up to these Commonwealth Games are like, come on, this is our ch- chance to, you know, renew Australia's glory in the sporting world <laughs> by, like, not being cheats. So that's amazing that uh, even Canada is picking up on that at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the few moments of commentary we had, so we had to contribute something. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is a commentary fail, which I'll add, because it, it's weird watching this. Like, I'll, I'll just... I don't know how much of your coverage, your Channel 7 coverage is. I probably have seen more Channel 7 coverage than you have because that's what we're piggybacking off of. You would have. You you would have. But it's kind of weird with this app. I'm impressed because they really did go all out. Like they're presenting this like it's their own, uh, their own network. And even for the opening ceremonies, they had their own pre-show. You know, they've got, obviously they're doing this sort of in conjunction with CBC because uh, they have Perdita Felician, who's probably our most famous Olympian to never win a medal. Uh, and she's doing like the, the coverage there on, uh, on location. They've got commentators, you know, Mark Lee popping in for sports <laughs> just that whenever, whenever it tickles his fancy. Um, Hi, I'm Mark Lee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we're cutting out uh, here in the third round of this fight uh, because the Australian commentators don't know what they're talking about, which I'll cover that later too. Uh, your Australian boxing commentator is awful, by the way. <laughs> um, well, look, I have, I don't get a chance to hear it, but I'll take your word on it. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the the app is pretty good. You know, they, they present a lot of sports. I thought this would be kind of like the CBC one where you'll get a little bit of every sport. It's more like they have four feeds going on at any given time. And, 
uh, stuff will be played live and then you can watch anything. But I guess once something happens, if they miss coverage, because it's basically just a lot of swimming, cycling, gymnastics. Uh, and you mentioned to me the, the, the boxing fight last night with a Canadian, uh, Eric Bazrin. And I was looking on the app and I didn't see it at all. And then all of a sudden, you know, completely out of the blue this afternoon, they added the fight last night. So I guess they've got their schedule and then they'll go back and add things later on. But in a way, I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted to watch the things like lawn bowling and netball. And I doubt that those are going to become important enough to Canada that they're going to add those events later on. But uh, has the coverage from what you've seen there been any good? Look, I'll be absolutely honest with you. The first time I actually got to watch Australia win a gold medal uh, was oh. last night after the the media yeah, uh, when the media center for boxing finished. Yeah, ben, hi Casper. Ben's talking um. right now. Do you, do you have something you want to add on the Channel Seven coverage or DAZN? <laughs> no, he's leaving us. Go, Casper. What, what what do you think of DAZN, Casper? No, <laughs> all right. Um, Continue. Uh, yeah, so I walked into the media centre after boxing had finished last night, and uh, the swimming was still on, so I saw the uh, 4x2 relay, the women's, and when your guys like really gave it to us, I thought you were about to overtake us in that final 200 metres, but uh, you got silver and we got the gold, so I, I barely seen it, besides the opening ceremony, um, I mean, I think kind of what you're saying about them showing swimming and all that, it's just, it's just what I've heard, that's all they're showing here, of course, and I think our app. Um, I think it's kind of reverted to the fact that if you just watch the free version of the app, you're only getting seven, seven, two, and seven mate. Whereas if you want to like specifically select sports, you got to pay like the twenty dollar premium fee. Which if I wasn't doing this, I probably would. Um, I know that similar like with boxing, for example, my dad texted me the other day and said that um, oh they cut to show it in Australian fighting and then they just cut away from the boxing. Um, but I think that the funny thing is with like. Channel 7 is that Channel 7 actually don't have commentators for the boxing here. So, like, the box, the commentators you would have heard would have been just from the host broadcast. They just have, obviously, like, the generic feed, which other networks can just pick up. Um, but I, like, on our first day of competition, because uh, where I am, I'm sort of in this little hidden area, and on the other side of the wall where I am facing the ring is the, like, the host broadcasters, the TV people. So, DAZN might, I might get to meet some of them if they show, I don't know. I've been looking out for Canadian. I've only really seen the BBC are like their everyday, uh, TVNZ from New Zealand are there. We've had, uh, some Kenyan host broadcasters, some Cameroonians, um, and a couple of, others i can't remember what other one we had we had a radio from the bbc but channel seven like they weren't there the first day the second day i see like this person i see this woman in a camera and sneak into this area and sneak out they're in and out straight with this train i'm like oh that must be channel seven hi bye um and then so yesterday we had um the australian boxer jack bowen who sadly lost uh, but they were there for that, and one of our sort of volunteer technical officials was kind of walking around sort of in my area, and I'm kind of like, oh, you know, are you okay? And she said, looks at me, and she's like, yeah, that's my son in the ring right now. I can't watch this. <laughs> um, so I quickly walked around to the Channel 7 lady, and I'm just like, oh, hey, just letting you know that Jack's mother is behind here. Like, he's a volunteer, and she's like, you know, she's really shitting herself right now. So she's like, oh, thank you. So she kind of came around, and I don't know if they did a story on her or something like that. But, um, yeah, I've barely seen Channel 7 there. But uh, Cameron, her face from what I've seen, shots. Yeah, possibly. Give us a tear, lady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cry, damn it! Um, but from, yeah, from what I've seen, it's just been standard Channel 7, really. <laughs> I mean, this, you know, uh, summer ones are always more interesting than the winter ones, because obviously they've got a, more, a lot of focus on, but they still obviously focus purely on the swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's how Australia works. I can also uh, 
tell you know there's a bit of a difference sometimes when maybe even we have our commentators like you were talking about the four by two hundred relay or even the four by one hundred relay. I was listening to Mark Lee's commentary, but you could tell because it's one of those things where they just have swimming all day and then they cut his commentary in and out when it's very clearly the Australian TV coverage because all of the close-ups are all on uh, McEwen or the Campbells or something like that. And I'm like, well, he's <laughs> talking about the Canadians and they're just showing Australians. So uh, I'm starting to see what you and Jared are talking about. It's like all you really hear about is Australians. And if an Australian's not doing it, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But, I mean, it's kind of like what I'm liking about my experience is that, um, you know, ultimately, you know, liking seeing the Aussie boxers, you know, we've won every single bout except for one. And, you know, obviously the crowd sort of gets more pumped up. Like last night was the loudest I'd heard it um, in the ring. Uh, we had uh, another Australian boxer, Terry Nicholas. It was his second bout, and he won. He's through to the quarterfinals. And, uh, yeah, just the crowd was just absolutely crazy. But um, it, it's what's really interesting is... There's so many, like, the different countries and the chanting that, like, the African nations, they're chanting and cheering. It's fantastic. Like, we have the Lesothan fans who are kind of doing almost, like, African tribal chants in the middle of their bouts. Um, you know, the, the Indians are always very passionate supporters. The the Ghanans, um, you know, we had the New Zealand fans the other night sort of doing, like, a haka sort of thing. The Scottish fans are just absolutely crazy. Their kilts, their flags. Even uh, when Eric fought yesterday, like, we had these Canadians up there who just were... Very vocal, very loud. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a great experience to hear all these different nations sort of cheering and everything. Cause what, you know, it's interesting what you were saying before about how, you know, these athletes, you know, don't, aren't used to getting photos taken of that at the Canada Games or some of the ones, you know, have been to these other ones and have. But like, for a lot of these, you know, particularly some of these smaller nations in the boxing, like, you know, the stories are that so many of these, um, countries don't even have a boxing ring. They're just fighting in their backyard or just like, you know, in some sort of building. So, um, you know, I get to hear a lot of these, um, athletes being interviewed and like, one of them, I can't remember which, which one it was, but he was saying this is his fourth ever bout ever. Um, he did really well. I thought he was going to win, but he was just like, you know, I've never been in a stadium like this before. I've never had this experience before. It's amazing. Like, they're all so happy and willing to talk to the press. They play up to the cameras. They've got a camera right in their face. You know, we had a, um, a Cameroonian guy do this massive backflip in the ring the other day. Uh, we had one sort of doing this weird sort of turny thing on his legs yesterday. Uh, it's just, it's just fantastic to watch these guys who, you know, this is the biggest stage they've ever even been on and just, you know, really playing up to it and really soaking it all up. It's great. Now, how did the entrance musics go? Because I couldn't help but notice you wouldn't have picked it out. Uh, only Canadians would have. But like when Eric Bazrin, the Canadian, was entering, the song that was playing was the uh, the I guess the first big hit that the biggest band in music history here in Canada had, the Tragically Hip. Their song New Orleans Is Sinking was playing, and I'm like, oh, he gets to pick his own entrance music. But then they just kept the music playing for his opponent. I don't know if his opponent didn't have his own entrance music or something, but I mean. The, Obviously, the, I don't know if you would even know, but the athletes have to have some type of choice of their music. I'm just wondering why the one guy just entered to the Canadian music. Look, I, I don't know about the specifics. I, I mean, we kind of had the floor manager people sort of next to us, um, and one of them the other day was saying that, um, I can't remember which country they were from, wanted a Rage Against a Machine song, but it had so much swearing in it. They were like, oh, we probably can't use this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of my era. I can sort of hear the music, but I can't. I'm, I'm basically, where you see them walk on through those screens i'm directly next to that in the little area like i'm on the right hand side mm. so i'm i'm right next to the boxes as they're standing there shadow boxing training and all their trainers like oh, come on come on you can do it you can do it um and it, it it might be that like the first boxer out gets to choose and they keep it that way i don't know i know that every time an indian boxer wins they play jai ho uh, and again i don't <laughs> nice. know if i 
I, I'm, I'm assuming that's a choice. Otherwise, our Australian, um, you know, people in that building are being slightly, uh, I don't know, is that racist? <laughs> but like, hey, an Indian one, play Jai Ho. Um, but I think for the most part, they, they get some sort of choice because I know that like, like when the Australians win, there's, you know, some different types of music being played and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I don't know the specifics, but, uh, it's interesting that they had that. I didn't, you know, clearly I'm a huge fan of, uh, Tragically Hip and clearly I didn't understand that. Um, going back to the opening ceremonies for a second, the, the instrumental music that plays during uh, uh, the parade of athletes. Uh, now, yes. I, I picked out, like, I come from a land down under. I picked out, I think it was I Need You Tonight from NXS or something. Why yep, was yep. Funky Town by Lips Inc. being played repeatedly? Like, I didn't realize okay, that was yeah. Australian. Well, so there was an Australian band called Pseudo Echo in the 80s who did kind of a rock cover of it that got actually really big. Um, so <laughs> okay. it was all, yeah, and the funnest thing about that was sitting next to Mallory and, like, getting excited for, like, every single song. And she'd only heard of, like, maybe one of the NXS songs, Land Down Under, uh, they played Sia, uh, I think they played Gotche, uh, you know, somebody I used to know. Um, but, like, so many just, like, iconic Australian sort of bands. So, like, the bit where they had the Commonwealth Games flag, for example, and they did the, I don't know if you've ever heard of the song, You're the Voice, uh, John Farnham. It's just an Australian anthem. It's kind of like Australia's living on a prayer, basically. You know, you play that in a pub, every Australian's going to stand up and sing the shit out of that. Uh, so when they started playing that, I'm singing it word for word, and Mallory's, like, looking at me like, oh, what the hell is happening right now? And I'm like, this song is a classic. This is, like, Australian anthem. Um, but, yeah, I love the, the music in the Parade of Nations. And it was interesting because they, they did land down under, like, early. And then they sort of played uh, this song called Evie uh, when Australia came out. But then they reverted back to land down under. Because I don't know if they were trying to avoid Because I, I remember, I think, when in Sydney when Australia came out, they played land down under. So, and that's generally, like... I know when I went to a Socceroos game and Australia won, they straight away start playing Land Down Under. So it's kind of like, how, you know, hey, Australia won a medal. Australia won a match. Let's play Land Down Under, which is fantastic because it's a great song. Of course, as is Funky Town. I got to yes. find that version of Funky Town. <laughs> it's good. It's actually really good. Pseudo Echo, Funky Town. You'll <laughs> like it. Um, I don't know if you've seen any other events. I'm just sort of looking on the DAZN slash DAZN app here. And the way they kind of work it is they, they do have, uh, I guess a recap, uh, at the, the end of the day. It's, a, it's a half hour show where they sort of recap all the biggest moments throughout. Um, otherwise they have about five hours of coverage in the morning and then five hours of coverage in the evening where they'll just switch back and forth between sports. It's basically the equivalent of watching TV. And then, uh, looking at what's on today, they have the, the race walk finals. Cause I could see Evan Dunphy's face right on the front of there. Somebody <laughs> we interviewed could still win a medal. Um, yes. Heats for swimming is coming up in three hours. Athletic finals coming up. Artistic gymnastics finals. Uh, and then women's basketball, Australia versus Canada. Uh, those are all the things mm-hmm. on the schedule for today. And then obviously if anything else big happens, they'll add that tomorrow. Uh, but uh, for the first couple of days, are there any, I mean, you said you haven't seen much. Are there any events that even you caught highlights of, or what are the big stories in Australia for the win so far? Well, I'll just, before I get to that, I'll quickly say, I mean, I've, I've both day, well, except for yesterday, I decided to rest my feet for three hours because those things are throbbing. But uh, the first day I kind of went in and watched some squash um, literally this game I watched was over basically by the time I walked in the building. It was like an English lady up against, I think a Malaysian. She just absolutely kicked her ass. Um, and then I went in the next day to watch some table tennis, which is interesting because I'm like the show court. You've got two next to each other and it was the, it was Australia versus Wales in the team, 
uh, I think it was quarterfinals, and I think it was Guyana versus Singapore on the other court. But um, the Wales team, of course, what's really made the news here, I don't know if it made news over there, they've got an 11-year-old athlete, uh, a Welsh table tennis player. So she's a big deal sort of around here. And I think, I believe, squash today has their first gold medals decided. So it's getting a bit busy. I believe the uh, squash didn't finish last night to about 1 o'clock in the morning. So it's kind of interesting. Um, but I think the big news here really obviously has been the swimming. I mean... Um, you know, I know we've won pretty much as many gold in the cycling as we have the swimming, but it's it's always swimming here. Um, there was just, a sweep I think, too. There was like think, a clean sweep in uh, one of the women's events. I think we've had two. Oh wow! I think we've had two. I think we had another one. Um, so I think we've had a couple of sweeps. Um, I know that Mac Horton won the four hundred after you know winning it in Rio. Um, and Kyle Chalmers, our 100-meter uh, gold medalist from Rio, I believe, won the 200. I think our women's 4 by one team broke the world record yeah. from what I kind of saw. Yeah, that was uh, One of our Campbell sisters actually didn't pull a Campbell and won a gold medal for once. Good for her <laughs> in the 50. Um, the, the big one sort of for me, like uh, Ariane Titmus, who we're kind of going into this, was sort of, you know, a bit of a... You know, the next big thing in swimming, she's actually technically Tasmanian. Uh, she, I mean, she moved to Queensland, but she's from Tasmania. And her dad, who's become a bit of a viral sensation here in Australia because uh, his reactions to your Canadian beating her in the uh, tours at the 200 freestyle, um, you know, by 0.4 of a second or whatever it was, they had a camera on her dad, like, just going, like, cheering the absolute crap out of her. And, he's, you know, his reactions have just gone viral here. Uh, he actually used to be the head newsreader for one of our main networks in Tasmania growing up. So, and I'm friends with him on Facebook. So it's interesting seeing all these posts and everything on there. Um, another one of the stories I think that made something was, uh, in weightlifting, uh, Tia Claire Toomey won a gold in the women's 58 kilo. It's our first gold in weightlifting, I think, since 2006. Uh, I caught a bit of, uh, the, the footage of our bronze medalist in the men's 77 kilo, Francois Etundi, who, uh, I think he like, he was on for gold and he kind of slightly like he dropped it like 0.1 of a second or something before he could have gotten the gold. And, but he was like, he did this backflip thing when he got his medal. He like seems super nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's really the ones that I've sort of seen outside of my little bubble. Um, I think I'm just looking here because the, the interesting thing is, again, I don't get to watch this. I'm generally on my app in between sessions or kind of, you know, in bouts where I'm just looking at my phone going, oh, we've just won another couple of medals. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's different obviously from the Olympics where it's like, oh my God, we won a gold. It's like, oh, we only won four gold today. But, like, the, the fascinating thing is, is that looking at this medal tally, and I'm sure you'll talk about this, the fact that we've won 57 medals after yeah. only three days. We are nearly at the halfway point of total medals of what we won in Glasgow four years ago. Um, so, and it's only been three days. So I think, kind of, it's been a bit of a, you know, a, a great start for us. And I think the main thing after day one was, oh, crap, we're behind England again. Uh, but we've pulled ahead of England now, so I think we're, I think we're happy with that. So yeah, I think it's 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 a bit different with the Olympics that there's so many things going on with medals and all that sort of stuff. But uh, you know, twenty gold after three days, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, and that four by one hundred relay, I think was I can't remember if it was a four by one hundred. It was the four by one hundred where it was the world record. Uh, I mean, that yeah, because was... the four by two was one I watched last night, so it would have been the four by one the other night. Yeah, yeah, and that was just incredible. Um, and uh, I mean, even the four by two hundred was, but the four by one hundred, it was a, there was such a landslide, and I think Canada won silver in both of those as well. Uh, for us here, I mean, I, it's looking a little bit more. Your your prediction of Canada for the medal tally might be a little bit close to mine now because we seem to be doing much better in swimming than we have in the past. Uh, and this is what's kind of fun because 
we were what less than two years removed from um, the uh, the Rio Olympics, where going into it, I wasn't talking any expectations of Canada to win any medals, and then we come out of it with like Penny Alexiak being like this huge star. And obviously at the World Championships last year, she didn't really deliver. But then we had Kylie Mass, who in the backstroke delivered. And so now we had like two big swimming stars. And now coming to these Commonwealth Games, it's all Taylor Ruck, who is the one you mentioned, uh, who won in the the 200 meter, uh, I think it was the freestyle. Uh, And I think now she's won, um, she's set two games records. I know that at least. I think she's won three medals already. Uh, like a gold and two silvers. I don't know exactly what it is, but like she's all over uh, all the media coverage here that DAZN has. <laughs> it's all Taylor Ruck. <laughs> so it's just weird that within two years, less than two years, we've established three massive swimming stars here in Canada. And Kylie Mass, just uh, who you know won the world championships last year for the uh, the backstroke, she just won again today, which was again another spectacular <laughs> win. Penny Alexiak's the the difficult one though because. She did kind of, uh, I'm not going to say tank. It's kind of mean to say that about a 17-year-old. But I mean, she she didn't live up to her real promise of the World Championships last year. And going into these games, I think there was more expectations that, you know, uh, that, that she would succeed. But it was like the day of, uh, I guess, the start of swimming. I see this tweet, which is her basically announcing that her grandmother died or something like that, or her grandfather. Mm, yeah, and all, I saw that. Yeah, and all the interviews, everybody who keeps interviewing her, they're, they're asking her about this. I mean, that obviously has to affect her a little bit. And I think uh, the first event I saw her in, um, she made like the finals, but came in like second last place, uh, just picked up the silver in the relay. So, you know, obviously there's still more chances for her, but I don't know. It seems like we're transitioning from just Penny Alexiak being our number one swimming star and now this huge swimming team. Uh, so that I think I, it's going to be fun to see if that just continues to grow and how many other swimming stars we can see come out of this. Uh, outside of that, I yeah, think... I saw that with uh, Penny and Alexiak. Just sorry to interrupt. I saw, cause I, when I saw the, um, Taylor Ruck win the gold, I was, I was like, Oh, was that Penny Alexiak? Cause I just saw that mm-hmm. Canada won a gold in the swimming. And then I looked at the full thing to see her finishing seventh. Yeah. Um, and I think she, was she the lead swimmer in, the uh, perhaps Alexiak uh, because I think when I just turned it on they were talking about Alexiak but um, I mean I think she's probably got a couple of silvers based on the relays yeah. but uh, yeah nothing obviously individual just yet yeah but her pet events are 100 obviously up against our Campbells so mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah I mean there's still a lot of chances and she's already performing better than she did at the World Championships but you have to wonder like how much that's affecting but I mean it's just it's it's incredible to see that you know, we have now these three massive stars that are getting more media coverage than, you know, any athlete that we've had in summer games in a long time. And two of them haven't even really done anything in the Olympics yet. So uh, swimming is kind of because this, this sort of happened here in Canada, not Olympics related, but this happened a couple of years ago, the year where uh, Milos Ronic and uh, Jeannie Bouchard both did so well at Wimbledon and Jeannie went on to the finals there and just suddenly tennis became massive here in Canada. And I think that's basically what's going to happen. Uh, I know that we signed our son Casper who just made a cameo on here up for baby swimming <laughs> classes for the first time. So I kept thinking the whole time, I'm like, you better be the next Penny Alexiak. I'm paying $52 for eight weeks of classes here. <laughs> Give me my money's worth. Kid. I'll- I, I, I want people to replay this clip in like, uh, you know, uh, what, 16, years. 18 years' time. And 
if he, you know, gets like a bronze medal or something like, you know, Canada's gold in the Olympics, yeah. you know, and here's his proud father 18 years ago. You better get a medal, kid. You better be the big penny electric, kid. Give me my $52 worth, kid. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly tax deductible, but still, I put up good money in advance on this. <laughs> Um, and it is cool. I will just say, uh, one of the things that sold me on, <laughs> somebody was telling me, you know, you can sign them up as young as six months. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, yeah, it's tax deductible. I'm like, that's even better. And they're like, oh, you could do it at the Pan Am pool, which is the pool that's like two minutes from my house, which is where the Pan Am games were held. I'm like, you mean Casper could swim in the same pool that Olympic athletes have been in? And I only realized afterwards, I'm like, well, he's in a kiddie pool right now. I mean, I don't think that. The Olympians, or all the Pan Am Games medalists, were in the heated kiddie pool playing uh, water basketball or things like that, or going down the mini water slide. But I mean, just he'll eventually be in the big pool. Casper, swim! Yeah, do it. Olympians, <laughs> just swim in this pool. Drop him off the diving board. <laughs> float, kid, ten float. meter. <laughs> you got to start like Tom Daly. <laughs> um. I mean, the, the other ones that uh, made a little bit of news here uh, is the gymnastics. Uh, I think the men's gymnastics still going on. I, I forgot to mention, despite the fact that no networks wanted to pick this up, maybe because they made some deal to get the CBC commentators, DAZN has now provided some of their coverage. CBC, I just looked on TV this afternoon, and CBC has two hours of Commonwealth Games coverage every Saturday oh. afternoon. So this week wow. and next week. Once a week for yeah. the one bit a week of the games. I, I mean, it, it just <laughs> ended. I watched the first half of it before we started this. Uh, and it was basically just recapping all the main things I'd already seen, like Taylor Rock's win and then the uh, the relay. And they were just showing the men's gymnastics or whatever. But, I mean, Canada won the gold in the women's team gymnastics, which is huge because I think it's been decades since Canada won a gold. Uh, and considering our showing in the last two um Olympics have been uh, improvements. So I think gymnastics is going to be the next swimming, you know. It, it went tennis, swimming, gymnastics. And netball, I'm sure, will be like four years down the road. But uh, has netball started the, yet? The or question long- I've... Uh, netball has, long balls has, yes, both have started. Um, Where's your the coverage question to ask, though, Yeah, where is there trampolining in the Commonwealth Games? I don't think there is, is there? I don't think so, no. I mean, there's beach volleyball now, like, what, 20 years behind the Olympics? <laughs> Well, it, yeah, it's fascinating hearing all these things around the Commonwealth Games sports and everything. So, um, obviously, this is the first time, but apparently, because like judo was removed for these games and it was in Glasgow, but apparently Birmingham have already said no, we're having judo back. So it's just kind of like the back and forth because obviously this is the first time basketball's been back since the last time the Commonwealth Games were in Australia back in Melbourne. So um, it's it's kind of interesting how they do these. Um, you know, altering of the sportsing, sportsing things. But yeah, I mean, I know the lawn bowls have started, um, cause, uh, the first day it like pissed down with rain and, uh, people sharing photos on sort of our internal things like, going, is this lawn bowls or water polo? Um, and netball definitely started cause I think Australia thrashed, um, I think it was Northern Ireland, like 80 to 20 or something like that. So, uh, it's all leading up to our, uh, you know, generic Australia v New Zealand final. Although I did hear a whisper that New Zealand aren't in very good form right now, so it could be Australia versus England final. So that would be interesting. Uh, I just want to say how exciting it is that if you go on the official uh, Commonwealth Games website, uh, I don't know who this runner is. They they got a story on a South African runner here, but then they have their little Casa Semenya. Yeah, yeah. Is that a big deal? You don't know the story behind her? No, 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 I don't. Are you going to well, tell me? She, well, she's the one who... Um, she was 
born hermaphrodite. So oh, that's I'm right. Sure, you yeah. know what that is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was the one who competed as a female, and a lot of people saying it was wrong. She had more testosterone, and mm. a lot of controversy around her for a long period of time. But uh, yeah, no, she's she's one of the stars of the uh, the the Johan Blake is here, um, and they keep you know dubbing him the second fastest man ever. <laughs> Uh, Andre so things is like not that. there. Well, it's so it called, I bought. So I've got the official program, which uh, which we should note the very public faux pas that they listed England as part of Africa, which has made a lot of news <laughs> over here that they couldn't even get that right. Um, but I also bought the official preview magazine, which has listed the names to watch, mm. and I believe Andre de Grasse was the number one athlete to watch at the Commonwealth Games, and uh oh, he pulled out. Yeah, two weeks ago, <laughs> I get it on the way home. I'm. 15 minutes away from recording our episode and I see the tweet. Oh, I've decided to pull out. Thanks, Andre de Grasse. You wrecked this for everybody. Well, I was going to say, I mean, there's uh, this, I guess, the uh, little scroll slideshow below uh, Semenya there. They have some guy throwing a frisbee and then they've got Seaborn uh, and, <laughs> and Mass hugging it out there. I'm like... Come on, that's like Australian Canadian heroes hugging out. That should be the front page, but I guess hermaphrodites that that trumps Kylie Mass and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I'd agree with that. Sure. Uh, medal tally. So we have Australian first. If you're counting either by golds or total medals, twenty golds. Uh, second place would be England with fourteen, and that's fifty-seven to thirty-two for the overall medals. So Australia's at twenty golds, seventeen silver. 20 bronze. I don't know if you have our predictions in front of you. Uh, or I'll find them if you keep talking. All right. And how many uh, How many days? Are, there's 11 days, so we're, what, four in now or three? Uh, three in at the moment, so there's still, uh, what, eight to go. All right, so um, let's figure we're about 25% of the way there. Um, Canada's at five golds. Uh, well, England, 14 golds, 12 silver, six bronze, 32 in total. Canada is at... Uh, third place for uh, both golds and overall medals so five gold seven silver six bronze 18 medals in total and then depending on how you're ranking i mean scotland is right behind canada for overall medals with 15 uh but they only have three gold so then you have like india south africa scotland new zealand three golds <laughs> four silver five bronze 12 they're they're pretty they're getting pretty close to canada this might be uh this might become the battle of the olympics this, Kind of like uh, when New Zealand was challenging you in the Winter Olympics. Uh, but <laughs> we never speak of that. Um, uh, here's the big one. Jamaica, one silver. So, yes. the heroes. <laughs> uh, There's one Jamaican boxer which he hasn't boxed yet. I can't wait to see him. But, uh, yeah, we, we have to see him enter too? the ring. Uh, <laughs> well, Custom is from South Africa, not Jamaica. But, um, well, I yeah, said I... right, too. I wasn't confusing them. All you oh, right. Aphrodites okay. look alike like... to us. We can't tell the difference. <laughs> um, the one, one thing I want to say about New Zealand is they're actually, they're, I think I think England are too. There's a couple of nations that are undefeated so far in the boxing ring. I'm thoroughly enjoying the New Zealand boxers. Uh, the super heavyweight guys went the other night. This big, massive New Zealand boxer. I cannot remember his name. I need to pull it up. Just It was up against this big Scottish guy. And the Scottish guy just kept laying punch after punch after punch on him, hitting his head. And this New Zealand guy just, like, basically is getting punched in the head. And he sort of starts smiling as if to say, like, is that the best you got? Um, and he just absolutely whooped this guy. 
and comes through the mix zone, gives me a, a big fist bump as he's, you know, finished speaking to the media. And this is a guy that, like, he gives you a fist bump, you fall down to the ground. Um, and I started following him on Instagram, and you go through all these pictures. He's got, like, the smallest, cutest little dog, and he's his, like, picture of him training. Oh, I love me little boy, like, whatever his dog's name is. Like, you'd think he'd have, like, this big pit bull or something like that. This tiny little fluffy little dog. He's a big softy. I like this guy. Um, but... Yeah, the Kiwis have been doing really good in the boxing, but uh, and uh, decently on the medal tally too. I mean, this is their time to shine. It's kind of like yours, you know. Oh, Brew, we can win lots of medals here, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, before you get to our predictions, uh, did I ever tell you we covered on our other show, the Oz Network? Uh, we covered a couple episodes of Smallville, and the guy who played the Green Arrow, Justin Hartley, who uh, since has gone on to become a huge star with the the TV show This Is Us. Um, did I ever tell you my story about meeting him? I think you did. Yes. It's, well, there was a Comic Con <laughs> where they had several, uh, you know, Smallville actors there, and that's where I met Erica Durant, who played Lois on Smallville. But I kind of realized, you know, that as the show progressed, they had to cast very tall actors just because of how big Tom Welling, who plays Clark Kent, was on there. Because uh, when I met Erica Durant, I mean, she was huge, and she had to bend over to get in the picture with me, which is how it led to me being able to see all the way down her shirt. <laughs> Because I'm much shorter than she is. She's like six foot two or something like that. Uh, but Justin Hartley, who played the Green Arrow, I kind of had the same experience with him. Like, this is, I didn't realize watching the show, like, how big he was. He's like six foot three, six foot four, you know, really big guy. And he had finished signing autographs or something. And uh, I see him holding his little girl's hand. At least I hope it was his little girl's. Otherwise, he kidnapped some local girl. But she was maybe like <laughs> two years old. And he was holding the tiniest, like, toy poodle I had ever seen, clutching it in his arms. And he had a black <laughs> eye. And I just remember asking him, like, what happened to your eye? And he's like, oh, it was a stun accident. I'm like, you know, you should be telling people that you uh, got, like, in a fight with Tom. Or say something like, you know, you should see what I did to Tom Welling or something like that. Because <laughs> the image of this man holding this toy poodle, this little girl, in a black eye just didn't match it. So he kind of gave me, like, a bit of a smile and dirty look. Like, yeah, thanks, buddy. And just walked away. <laughs> what is it with these big muscular guys and their tiny dogs? I know, right? I'm going to say that to this Kiwi guy. Should he win again? If he loses, I'm not talking to him because he'll probably punch me in the head. So I'll, I'll just be <laughs> careful with what I say. All right. So predictions. Uh, what did we have for... I mean, yours was the most extreme. So let's just go based on yours for now. What was <laughs> Always. your total for Australia for uh, total medals? So I have 213. Uh, so I'm about a quarter of the way there after day oh, three, yeah. which is pretty much, I might be on track here. I yeah. had 76 gold, 53 silver, 84 bronze. Um, and for Canada, I had 40 gold, 31 silver, 62 bronze, 133. So not quite um, there for Canada. <laughs> Although they are saying, like, was... we're going to, we're going to top, I think we got 80 last time. And they're figuring we're going to fall somewhere between the 80 we got in Glasgow in our all-time best, uh, I don't remember what year that was, but which is like 121. So they're expecting us to fall around 100. I'm being very nice to Canada. I'm already being known around uh, sort of my work people as the Canada guy because I'm always the one <laughs> cheering for Canada and excited for... I was a Canadian. Like, every single time I've met a Canadian, we had this... Uh, Canadian team doctor come to us uh, about two days ago who wanted a tour of the, the backstage area. I'm like, let him in, let him in, let him in. Um, and then I, like, had this uh, Canadian photographer last night got sent to me by mistake, um, you know, super nice guy, 
Uh, and then I met, finally met the Canadian press attache last night. She was kind of in and out, like, really quickly. She was really nice. Oh, I'll be back tomorrow. Back. We've got, you know, cause I think you've got two Canadians competing today from memory. Cause mm-hmm. Eric was your first fighter. It took three days to finally get to the Canadians. But anyway, um, Jared had 29 gold, 20 silver, 27 bronze from Canada and 53 gold, 47 silver, 49 bronze for Australia. You had 51 gold, 45 silver, 41 bronze for Australia, and 33 gold, 20 silver, 31 bronze for Canada. All right. So we're, we're, we're on track. There's too many numbers there to keep track. <laughs> we'll just update yeah, you. I hope you remembered them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're the Canadian guy, like, can you just go around lying to people every time a song plays? Can you just tell them, this is the Tragically Hip, the most famous band yeah. in Canadian history. <laughs> Funky Town's playing. You're like, did you know this is the Tragically Hip? Yeah. <laughs> just everyone's just screaming at this. the Tragically Hip, people. <laughs> Do you not know Canada music? <laughs> Uh, I'm guessing you don't have any commentary fails, uh, unless there was something in the opening ceremonies. No, I mean, I think we, uh, the only one, it's not really a comment, like, it was more of an announcer fail at the, uh, opening ceremony was, uh, when New Zealand came out to the opening ceremony, uh, the person who's announcing was it, was like, and now welcome our nearest neighbour, New Zealand! And they're not our nearest neighbour, Papua New Guineas. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Hello to all our Papua New Guineans listening. Hope you like not being our nearest neighbour anymore. Um, I've got one DAZN <laughs> uh, fail and then um, one for Channel 7. So I'm going to contribute here since I was able to listen Please to your, do. your terrible boxing commentary. I'll save the boxing one for last. So the DAZN one, Mark Lee, uh, I don't know if it was so much a fail. It was just sort of like an awkward timing thing. Uh, whoever he was, com- I'm just going to say, whoever was the other commentator that was with him, it was some guy who won, uh, I guess he is a two-time Commonwealth Games winner in some sport. He won in Victoria and either the games before or after that. And he contributed nothing. Like, it was literally just, like, 30 minutes of silence. Then everyone's like, yeah, yeah, this country is, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be on the board. They're, uh, that, just stumbling <laughs> through stuff. And, um... The, the the other guy eventually said when they were talking about the Commonwealth Games, and this is how great of a color commentator he was, they said they're calling this the biggest sporting event of the year in 2018. And then you hear a long pause. He goes, in this country. <laughs> <laughs> like as if he said that and somebody muted him and said, the Olympics, you idiots. I meant well, the here. World Cup soccer's on this year. Yeah. Super Bowl. No. Okay. In here. This country. Well, that's that, that, that's how they've been uh, advertising the Commonwealth Games here. They get there and they're like, this is the biggest sporting event Australia has hosted this decade. <laughs> like... In the month of April in 2018, the biggest sporting event of the month. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've started hearing them now saying it's the biggest sporting event they've ever had in Queensland. So... Um, I mean, that would be true. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just funny this decade. Sydney <laughs> technically happened this millennium. Um, now here's the Channel 7 one. I don't know who's doing your boxing commentary, but you gotta at least have one expert on there. And it's the feed. Don't blame. Okay, this is the one point I'm weirdly defending Channel 7 here. It's the generic host broadcaster feed, not Channel 7. Okay, good. What the, you know, everybody's seen those events that go on for a long time, and the commentators, after a while, you just struggle to come up with something to say, or you have like, you know, a low spot where you're like, uh, nothing's really happening, so let's come up with some conversation. Let's come up, throw some stats out there. No joke, 30 seconds into the fight, they're struggling for something to say. 
And the Canadian boxer, Bazarin, he, uh, he, he has this thing where he kind of yells when he punches. And, yeah. Yeah. And the, that very loudly from where I'm standing. Yes. Well, well maybe it was just that <laughs> distracting. It wasn't that they were struggling for things to talk about. But 30 seconds into the fight, the main commentator says to the other guy, he's like, how do you feel about that kind of yelling in the ring? <laughs> and then the other guy goes, um, I mean, if somebody does it at the gym, I probably wouldn't like it too much. But here, I guess it's okay. I mean, if it works for him. <laughs> like, that was 30 seconds into the fight. And then... Actually... Sorry, you go, you go. No, you I was going to say, it gets worse because, like, in the, the third round, they're again having, like, really awkward banter back and forth talking about it. And all of a sudden, the other guy, the the, the color commentator... Just stops what he's saying in mid sentence. It was something like, uh, "Yeah, you know, uh, you know, th- this, this." I can't remember what was the country he was facing. I didn't even heard of it. Kiribati. Okay, Kiribati. He's like, "Yeah, so Kiribati, they have you know a pretty good boxing program." And then all of a sudden he stops and goes, "Ooh, that was a really big punch there." <laughs> <laughs> you can't even think of a way to describe a punch. That was a really big punch there. So I can actually go, because where they are, it's called the Press Tribune, so like I actually can go up there if, like, you know, I mean, not that I really have the time, because I'm sort of busy doing my stuff, but um, so when I went into the table tennis the other day, I was actually standing next to the table tennis commentators, and I'm like looking at this guy going, you have the easiest sport in the world to commentate, because again, it's similar to tennis, you don't commentate while the play's happening, and then something happens, and the commentator's just like, oh yes, that's something you don't want in table tennis, no, absolutely not. <laughs> And then, like, the next play happens again. Goes, oh, very difficult shot there by the Welsh player. Good shot, though. And then, like, it just moves on to the next bit. Yeah, they're, they're definitely controlling the play here. Absolutely. You know, like, you have the best job. We could bring life to that. Like, we get Jared on there. It's going to be back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. <laughs> mogul, 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 paddle, mogul. Ball, paddle, ball. Yeah. <laughs> um... I'm guessing you don't have any other commentary fails. Those are the only ones I have. No, there's one thing I'll just quickly add just on the boxing, though. It was funny. Our very first bout uh, that we had, the entire competition lasted seven seconds. Uh, there was a technical knockout, and uh, they both clashed heads. Uh, and then, yeah, last night we had a knockout, which um, if I think I've been told the correct information is the very first uh, knockout in the history of um, uh, Commonwealth Games boxing. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I heard that from someone. So there you go. It's the same commentators that were debating on where the scream would be annoying. That I'm not sure if yeah. that's accurate. <laughs> if you ever run into those guys, can you just ask them, like if, you're here, if you hear the screaming or something like that, just go over you know where sounds like that would be really annoying? In the gym. But here, totally okay. <laughs> yes, fine, fine. Absolutely fine. Let him do it. Uh, do, do you want to put up an athlete of the week uh, for the Australian side? Uh, yeah, because I've been paying so much attention to everything. <laughs> or any country. Of, uh, uh, look, I, I'm going to – I, I want to go and I'm going to try and find his name. I think I need to name him uh, Patrick Malata, the big Kiwi guy in the 91-plus kilogram category. He's definitely a big softy with his little doggy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and he's just awesome to watch. He really is. I mean, so many of these guys are awesome to watch. Um, so, yeah, we, I mean, one that I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, today uh, is uh, this Indian, uh, Mary Com MC. Uh, she's in the 45 to 48 kilogram, the little lightweights for the women. 
uh, but she's actually an Indian senator back home. She's a politician. She's uh, won a bronze medal in boxing at the London Olympics. She's won basically medals in every single world championships and everything. She's about 35 years old. She's hanging on to the Commonwealth Games because it's one major event she's never won a medal in. And she's apparently a big bloody deal back in India. So I'm expecting a lot of media to be there for her. She's in second second cab off the rank today, basically. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing her box today. So she could very well be my athlete next time we talk. I don't know. She could get knocked out in seven seconds. And then maybe it's all been up for nothing like my Nayui athlete the other day who just you know was there and not there um but yeah i mean it's kind of it's been hard for me to really look around and everything and see everything else but uh yeah i'll, I'll give it to my kiwi friend uh so there you go me doing a kiwi athlete of the day or athlete of the first three days controversial um <laughs> i really have nobody to put up other than taylor ruck just because all i've really been able to watch is swimming i mean i saw a little bit of the triathlon and uh, maybe 10 minutes of a basketball game but uh, Taylor Ruck's like the new swimming superstar here. And you know how athletes, they come out of the pool. This is going to be a very superficial thing, but athletes come out of the pool and their hair is always like, you know, completely wet and straight and everything like that. Taylor Ruck must have like the curliest hair ever because she comes out of the pool and it literally looks like a long haired Ronald McDonald. Like <laughs> it instantly frizzes the second she's out of the pool. So, I mean, she's got a very distinguishable look, but uh, I'll put up Taylor Ruck and I'm sure by week two, we'll have somebody to put up from badminton. Yes, which I'm going to watch uh, on my one day off. I'm going our, to watch hockey and badminton. Is our guy, our badminton guy from the Rio Olympics yes. in this? Sarah, Sarah Singing or whatever. Yep, yep. Yeah. I looked him up. He's he's competing. So, yep. The, uh, he the, the tweet that kept on giving for about a year and a half where every once in a while yep. I see somebody likes the tweet <laughs> that we sent yep, him. Yep, yep. No, he's he's there and probably could win a medal. And uh, it's interesting actually because the hockey t- the session I'm going to is technically like the like the semifinals of that night that were sold out. So I've gotten you know like the ninth versus tenth or the you know the eighth versus ninth playoff. And there's actually every chance that uh, Canada might be in one of those. So uh, I might get to see Canada play hockey, but of the field variety. Oh, that's right, field hockey. I saw field hockey too, which usually is yes, a big deal here yay. because it's not real hockey here in Canada. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> uh, it's like what you play I- indoors during the summer here in Canada yeah. in gym class. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, field hockey's fun. Uh, it's I, to me, it feels a little bit closer to like lacrosse. I don't know if lacrosse is a big thing there. No, no. no look, look up lacrosse. It's uh, yeah, I think that's I know, I know, I know, I know what lacrosse is. Um, <laughs> have you heard of basketball <laughs> we did i think play it in gym class a couple of times in high school but yeah i mean it's you know not the extent it's not our national sport like it is for you guys yeah that's right but i mean i still saw field hockey so I, i'd like to check out more of it i also just want to quickly say how great is it to have that uh the the uh i guess open roof pool the outdoor pool area like it mm. looks fantastic it's, I mean, been a bit controversial. A lot of people have been complaining about it, like the backstrokes. I don't think like it because they mm-hmm. don't have the roof to kind of go off. But um, Kylie Mass yeah, sets, I mean, sets a record uh, in the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> the backstroke's <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> I nearly had the opportunity to go. Well, I, did, I shouldn't say nearly. I did have the opportunity to go and watch the uh, trials like a month before the games. I just didn't go. Um, but uh, yeah, from what I've heard, uh, my housemate's been there and she said it's pretty amazing. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously. It's been sell-out, completely sold-out for all sessions, uh, heats and finals. You know, it's the sport that everyone here is paying most attention to. So uh, athletics start today. So 
it'll switch over to that soon. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it looks good. It looks and it's very Gold Coast to kind of have that sort of, you know, because when it's sunny here and not raining, it's you know beautiful beaches, sand. It's Australia, right? Just like Canada this time of year. <laughs> they yeah, might as well just yeah. hold it here in Winnipeg. Um, yes. I don't know how much more we're going to be able to cover this. Uh, I don't know if you have the time or availability because based on your time of day, I'm at work uh, if it's not on my sort of vacation. So I don't know if you and Jared will be able to do episodes throughout the week. But otherwise, I'm sure we can come up with something you know, before the end of the games, maybe just a games wrap-up at the very least. But I'm sure there'll be something we can come up with. I'm sure we will, and if even if we're back in a week's time or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely want to be able to have more of a chat about it all uh, as it gets to the pointy end with things. And, uh, yeah, go over these predictions because, you know, I'm, I'm confident about my Australia one. I don't know how I'm feeling about my Canada one right now, though. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit outrageous. Uh, Bloody Canada. Uh, let's, let's just say we're looking forward to seeing Jared in the netball too. So, uh, Jared, you yes. better not let us down. Uh, we'll be back eventually, so uh, continue to just just the only way you're going to know if we're doing an episode is if you like us on Facebook, uh, if you subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, I would say follow us on Twitter. We don't have a Twitter page, but uh, look for hashtag off the podium. So we'll get an episode. <laughs> the news a lot, no doubt. It's yeah, exactly. City, we battle with a guy who has a podcast on piano. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off yeah. the podium podcast. But, uh, Ben, continue to enjoy the games and uh, work hard and keep those boxers safe. For you, Colin, I will do that. Thank you. And everybody out there, download DAZN right now at DAZN.com. Together, they underline the impressive contribution that Australia has made to the successful development of the Commonwealth.